And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into Aunt Waveland's Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney of The Athletic. Uh, and we have... What? Not talk to you fine folks in maybe a couple weeks uh, in the wake of the Udarvish trade, I think is when we were last at you. And the the nature of the podcast in the offseason is such that it's kind of, it's a little bit ad hoc. It's like as things happen and we want to get out in, in well, not in front of you, but get into your ears and talk about Cubs related stuff. But obviously this offseason, both by virtue of it being the post-pandemic, well, not post-pandemic, but the season, post that season uh, necessarily impacted the pace of off-season movement. And then also the Cubs' intentions for this off-season have impacted it, which is all the the long way of saying, hey, good to see you again, folks, because we haven't talked to you in a while. So uh, part of why we wanted to get into you um, this week now is we're one month out from pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, Obviously, it, there's still like a half an asterisk there, you know, things can change, but that is certainly, um, it, that's, that's more than just a generic expectation. I think the league has indicated that's, that's the plan. We're going to proceed and there will be, uh, additional health and safety protocols put into place like last year, uh, perhaps additional rule changes, no rush on that front, apparently to get that in place. And what that means as far as the Cubs go is look, we're, we're now past the arbitration exchange day. Most of those deals are locked down. Uh, Ian Happ, the only uh, Cubs player that's going to proceed to an arbitration hearing. But even that, we're talking about less than a million dollar spread. It, the Cubs know where the budget stands internally. Uh, they certainly have to be in a better place projecting revenues now than they were two or three months ago. And again, like I said, we're a month out from pitchers and catchers. So it, it's sort of time. It feels like it's time to be like, okay, your offseason needs to happen now. And so uh, that's kind of the conversation we wanted to have today. And, um, you know, maybe I'll kick it to you, Sahadev, to sort of start that in any kind of direction that you want. Um, and, you know, we can go from there. But I mean, obviously, I've got some some thoughts on what realistically should be happening from here, what could be happening from here. And I think that's that's where we can set up what is now finally maybe the off season for the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I I shouldn't be surprised and nothing, you know, it's not like the Cubs are the only team moving in slow motion in this off season, but it's still it's still odd to look and see, you know, holes in the outfield, obvious holes in the outfield, obvious holes in the rotation uh, and 
and not even you know not even a, a real upside play outside of the lowest of the low upside plays and like a and like a Shelby Miller who hasn't you know really given any I mean I didn't even look up the last time Shelby Miller pitched in the majors has it been recently well uh, yeah so he you know <laughs> we joked before we started recording this is gonna be the Shelby Miller podcast <laughs> uh, man 2015 me would have been stoked uh yeah obviously so he hasn't had a full and successful season in the big leagues in over five years 2015 uh he had uh multiple injuries and tommy john surgery since then ineffectiveness in general just uh, permeated his time with the diamondbacks and then he uh was with the rangers in 2019 and pitched half a season ineffective and then he signed a minor league deal with the brewers before last season but opted out uh of the the pandemic season so All a right. very weird trajectory, even for a guy who's been sort of like not on the radar for five years. You could probably talk yourself into being like, well, there's a lot yeah. going on there. That's I mean, and I, I think like like I said, that's like the the most like, a you know, there's not a lot of hope there in the sense that if something happens there, if they get major league innings from him, if he turns into a major league quality starter, then wow, you know, that's a nice little win for them. But uh, not e- there's not the basic upside plays. They weren't really in the mar- you know they weren't going to be competitive for Corey Kluber, who got a lot more than I think what people were expecting. But still, uh, that that's not even the type of money that they're going to look to spend. Obviously, DJ LeMahieu just uh, just signed, and and that's a guy for multiple off seasons. Right when he was a free agent last time, would have made perfect sense. And now it's just kind of like that that wasn't even something that was on our radar for the Cubs. So it just feels like even though he'd be a perfect fit, right, if they were going for it, if they were trying to push in for 2021, they're just in a very odd cycle right now. And and I guess it's uh, it's hard to get hyped up for this offseason when when even when you know that even whatever significant and i'm using air quotes on that signing comes it's not going to feel like yeah that puts them in a nice spot or there's a nice little upside play i'm, I'm not even sure if if there's going to be anything that people can uh, feel too optimistic about going into the season there it's going to be like one of those real surprises like a jason adam or or rowan wick uh, has to pop up that was barely on our radar heading into the season so uh that's it's it's hard to get hyped for this offseason and and it's uh, and it's kind of playing out in that fashion of yep i guess it's going to be a slog and i'm not sure if there's anything that uh that that cubs fans can kind of cling to even with and and i think we i think i joked at the beginning of this offseason like does anyone feel confident that they're going to top the descalso deal this offseason I wasn't considering that they'd shed you Darvish's pay, pay, payroll at that point, like his contract at that point. So even with that, I'm still not sure if we're going to top that contract. I would hope so, but maybe, maybe not. It's going to be, it's just one of those winters. Well, to me, the, the biggest mile marker of the offseason is always seeing, you know, a hungover Brett in sunglasses at Cubs convention. You know, signing autographs while his security detail, you know, shoes the extra common folk away. And I really did miss seeing you, Brett, there at the Sheridan Grand Chicago. Uh, That to me is always, you know, the weekend where it feels like it kind of flips, like the NFL playoffs are almost over. Usually there's like one or two big free agents still out there, not like 
hundreds of free agents and there's usually a little bit of buzz about maybe the Cubs will be in on, you know, Dexter Fowler or something like that. And obviously we didn't get uh, any of that uh, pomp and circumstance here this January. So, yeah, I mean, Shelby Miller, you know, who knows? But I think it's important to remember that, I mean, teams do this every year, even good teams, bad teams, pandemic or not. You know, you always see, you know, a Brandon Morrow, a Mark Pryor, Dontrell Willis. I mean, these big names, you know, someone they need somewhere to go to work. Maybe there's a relationship there some coach has with a player or an agent with like an, you know, assistant GM. And, you know, it's kind of, hey, let's see what happens. And, you know, I do think, you know, there has to be, you know, kind of a flurry of moves here coming soon. But I think we probably would have said that to ourselves every Monday if we had a, a podcast during the off season. So, um, yeah, I think this is, this is kind of, you know, Jed's chance to maybe not change the narrative, but at least give the remaining players, you know, who do return eventually to Mesa of like, okay, at least we have like, a chance now. And I think that could really change some of the internal dynamics if they feel like they have a good kind of last pusher to the offseason, which is not totally out of the question, whether or not they uh, exceed Discalso's deal. There's going to be a lot of players out there with good resumes looking for, you know, a place to work. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's not like you ever want the, the, the team that you are either covering or supporting as a fan to be in a situation where, all you have is a, pit, a relative pittance to spend. Um, but that being the case, this is, I mean, this is a great off season for it. Um, let me, let me caveat that too, by saying it is not as though you ever want to be in the middle of a pandemic and have uh, lives upended and players searching for jobs that they just are going to have to take what they can get. But again, that being the reality, it, you couldn't really lay out a free agent market that was better set up for a team like the Cubs to make some hay. I mean, you could do some serious damage with like $10 million of of 2021 money available to spend. You'd be able to pick up multiple really interesting guys. And I think that I'm, I'm not trying to sell myself on that being the possibility, but if you were in a situation where you know, hey, every day that we wait is better for us, um, every day that we wait is a little more information for us as an organization that's more dependent on fans coming to the ballpark than other organizations. Um, we don't have much to spend. We don't necessarily, you know, we want to compete in 2021, but we know our division is going to be crap. And we know that not winning in 2021 is not necessarily the worst outcome of 2021. Um, then again, you could probably start to convince yourself that let things play out. Over even though it's only a month to pitchers and catchers, but maybe you wait till that last week before that, and you say, "Okay, we've got ten million bucks to spend. We're going to bring in three or four uh, name free agents that just are going to need a one-year deal in a place where they're going to get innings or where they can probably start at second base right off the hitch or start in left field off the hitch, and we're going to do pretty well and see where we stand in July." And you know, it doesn't make for a very fun off-season as it plays out. But like Sahadev said, if they do that, it's like, man, they've blown away the last few off seasons in terms of activity. And that that is still possible. Now, where we have to catch ourselves, of course, is that in the interim three weeks, 
we might see the Cubs unload additional talent before that actually happens. And so these holes that we see now on the roster might only expand from here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, you would hope. I mean, this has been going through my head. Maybe their most significant addition to the big league roster is going to come via trade, right? You would hope that if they are going to make a significant trade, uh, I think, you know, going forward, you know, it, it Wilson Contreras is more likely to be traded than Chris Bryant if we were to put numbers on it. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, if they're going to move someone like Contreras, that would bring a significant haul. Can you fill that outfield spot with with that trade? Can you fill a rotation spot with that with that trade like that has to if it's another move. Uh, like Darvish, uh, where where you're, there's a lot of high upside, high risk plays. It it uh, I I question exactly what uh what the timeline is, even though uh, Jed told us that it's going to be you know quicker than the than the haul that they got for Darvish as far as the those prospects timeline to get to the big leagues. Uh, you start to wonder exactly what the priority is and, and what year they're looking at and, and what offseason you're looking at of, at spending again, right? If you don't uh, if you don't get major league ready players or close to it in a deal like that. Uh, but that's where I look like I see all these holes on the roster. I mean, we, we barely talk about the fact that they don't have a backup catcher on the roster. If they do trade Contreras, then it's two catchers that you're you're looking to bring in. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I do look at it as an opportunity, too. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to try and flip this into a positive like we were talking about. But, um, you know, that that it is a perfect type of time to to kind of look at it as, you know, come July, the Cubs could have a lot of interesting value for teams that really are going all in on 2021. Uh, there's the potential that they're that they are. Uh, you know, one of the most active teams in July, right? There, there's that, there's that possibility if they hit on some free agent signings, one year deals, uh, and still aren't good enough to the point where they, uh, where they're competing or, or even it, this, this will probably be a topic if, you know, if they're decent in the first half of whether they sell or not. And is, uh, I mean, think about the last time Jed's first year in charge uh, of a team it was in San Diego. If I'm remembering my my baseball history correctly, he was in San Diego. They were unexpectedly competing, and it was almost like one of those seasons where it's like everybody in that front office likely knew this is we're playing over our head, but you can't sell, right? Is this would it be a situation where if they're playing over their head, everyone knows that in the front office? Do they just say screw it and kind of and and still move guys? Could it be that type of situation? I wonder. That's a discussion for a few months from now if, if that scenario even pops up. But I just wonder how how committed to 2021 they are in, instead of being really uh, all in on this idea of kind of a reset, rebuild, whatever word we want to use to decide uh, to describe it. 
I believe 2010 was Jed's first year, and then the the fighting quaddies knocked him out essentially in the last week of the season. There, that the Cubs were in San Diego. Maybe they won. That got him a a new contract. That got him a little yeah. uh, little extra time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all the players kind of came out afterwards saying, you know, we love Quaddy, and <laughs> I think maybe they won three of four, and then the Padres went to San Francisco and didn't take care of business there, and then obviously the Giants, you know, won the World Series. So, uh, yeah, that would be a fascinating one because I mean Theo uh, was pretty clear in these last couple of years, even after the winning the world series that they were pretty close to being sellers at the deadline uh, in 2017. And that this year, like being on the fringes of contention for the second wild card, wasn't going to be enough to uh, justify an addition. And if anything, it would push them towards selling and not kind of treading water a a couple games over 500. And so while, I think it'd be awesome if the Cubs did uh, take advantage of this unique opportunity and signed talented guys, whether it was, I think I just read in Ken Rosenthal's notes column today about how the Dodgers are looking at Marcus Simeon as a guy who could play second or third. Like, why can't the Cubs do that? (laughs) And then, you know, add, um, you know, someone with a more recent track record than Shelby Miller and, you know, give them the innings or the at-bats that you're talking about there, Brett. But the Cubs don't get the benefit of the doubt right now. I mean, every action they've taken for multiple off-seasons has been about managing the costs, managing the payroll, looking towards the future. So, I don't know, whatever numbers are being spit out on the Ivy computer system, I think it's going to be a hard time to justify uh you know in their minds you know 10 million dollars on you know pitcher x or you know let's see what mark and sigmund can do i mean he's a terrific player supposedly a great dude uh can two-way player but i don't know this is the organization that laid off you know more than 100 employees descalso deal is still this benchmark uh you know, for running for multiple off seasons and they haven't, you know, their actions have to- have told us everything about what their priorities are right now, more than their words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I think that um, it's almost as if you could imagine a scenario where the Cubs front office is observing what's happening in the NL Central this offseason and thinking, 
damn it, you assholes. Someone start spending. Someone get aggressive so that we can be like, ah, well, this year is just going to be the brewer's year. And, uh, you know, it's good timing for us to take a step back uh, because the longer it lingers uh, in this situation where it looks almost impossible not to compete, uh, especially like up until July. And so, uh, you again, you can imagine a scenario where the Cubs are sort of thinking in a five-year period of like, okay, this is going to look like this. This is going to look like this. We're going to see revenues return like this. You know what? That's just how 2021 is going to be this year where we assemble a crew. We, we, we try to get some lottery tickets. We just bank a whole lot of you know, Tanaka rollover money, and we uh, decide that we'll get aggressive in the offseason after 2021, after we have this sort of ah, crummy year, but that's fine because we'll re-energize people. And they're being thwarted in the those that narrative effort by an entire division that's operating that way. And it's, again... I reserve a lot of the criticism about that, not not just because I'm sort of deferring to authority and be like, hey, they have information internally about the the budget that I don't have and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's really more just that I, I have had the perspective, like I said earlier, from the outset of this offseason, that if you were going to take a financial step back anyway, you know, this is how this offseason is going to play out. And you're going to have guys like Marcus Simeon waiting toward the end, maybe wanting a one or two year deal. And like maybe having to decide, okay, I'm not going to get a lot of money. I just want to go somewhere where I'm going to get the at-bats and get a chance to show and step up for next offseason. And like it is a rare situation where the Cubs have that opportunity, clearly. They, to me, offer one of the best, the best opportunities for like a starting pitcher if you just want to reclaim some value. A second baseman if you just want to reclaim some value. Um, I'm not pooping on Nico Horner, by the way. We can have that as a side conversation because I do still love him as a player. I just am sort of aggressively adamant that he not be counted on as the starting second baseman right out of the gate. But that's a whole that's a whole other... We should have a podcast on that sometime. <laughs> um, and, and the corner outfield market. It's fantastic. The, 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 the list of like sort of interesting fringy guys is is great. But you're going to have to spend like a Daniel Descauso deal to, to do it. I mean, he, he got two years and $5 million. <laughs> we, we reference it like it's this Herculean sum only because in a relative sense it is because they have a side. That is the biggest positional free agent contract they have given out since Jason Hayward. And that was over five years ago. So it's a great opportunity this off season. Like I'll keep banging, but once we get to the season, if it feels like the Cubs could not even muster themselves to to sign a, a really compelling, interesting short-term one-year free agent who fills a hole, could provide value in a variety of ways, whether it's competing in 2021 or a trade value, and the guy settles for like a million or two, and you couldn't even make that happen, then I will really start to question what the that five-year plan is, because value is value. You can repurpose it in so many different ways. Um, and it seems even in a purely financial sense, not taking advantage of this market as it is, is a, is a dumb as shit financial decision. Because again, the, the little bits that you spend now can be repurposed in a variety of ways that are going to mean more financial benefits in 2022 and beyond. So that's me starting to let myself get a little hot. I'm trying not to get hot because we still have a month, but 
it, it would be very nonsensical to me to not take advantage of a perhaps once in 10 year type market where you're going to have certain opportunities to bring guys in. Yeah. And I, I guess I think about uh, the last time the Cubs were kind of, I mean, the last time it was an obvious rebuild, right? They stated what was happening and they went and executed it. But even then uh, you saw some, uh, you know, maybe not the full weight of, of their financial heft, whatever you want to call it, but it, they were, they were taking some swings. They were, they were being aggressive in certain areas. I mean, right. right they signed Solaire, right? They were in on, uh, Suspetus, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, was Darvish their first year? Was that their first off season? So I'm not, I, Patrick, I, maybe you remember that better if they were even, yeah, they definitely, uh, they bid on Darvish. Okay. They were in on Cespedes, but I think if I think Theo walking in the door would have expected them to be far more aggressive with someone like Cespedes and uh, they were not. And yeah, the Darvish, I think they finished maybe second or third in the whatever the posting sweepstakes. And there was maybe one or two other kind of international players Ryu, that were made sense. Ryu, Ryu. They, they bid on him. That was a year the, or two the later. Rumors, yeah, yeah. yeah. The rumors were that for like a lot of those guys, they were second on a lot of those guys, but not particularly close in the like that's I, I remember that specifically with respect to Darvish and Ryu. So, I mean, but even now they're not even in like we're, we're not even hearing them with some of the international uh, stars, quote unquote, that that are on that were or are on the market. So it's it's a uh, I start to wonder what exactly is the plan. Like, I understand there's a long term goal here to to kind of rebuild the farm system, make it one of those Dodger like systems, Tampa Bay type systems that, you know, no matter what type of moves you make at the major league level, there's still a ton of talent bubbling to the surface uh, in the in the minor league system. I get that. But the short term, there has to be some sort of aggressive uh, moves now to kind of help in the short term with everything that you described, right? It, it's either you help win in 2021 or you use these players that you just spent in free agent for in free agency on a, you know, bargain one year deals in the grand scheme of things uh, in all likelihood and then flip them at the deadline. I mean, that worked early on for them. I'm not saying that they're going to hit on every free agent that they sign, but you need to do something. And right now it just, uh, I agree. Like, I, maybe we're we're all antsy. Maybe I'm antsy as well because it's this late in the offseason and nothing's happening. But it's just I'm trying to pull back. Remember, there's no rules set in place. There's no season uh, starting line yet in place. So maybe maybe they're just biding their time and waiting and really uh, uh, evaluating the landscape. But uh, I'd like to see I'd like to feel more comfortable with what Jed is Jed Hoyer is trying to pull off here. Uh, I'd like to see some more aggressiveness uh, with the moves now uh, to kind of make 2021 one of those. What I basically said before that set them up to be that team that either either surprises and contends or they're the ones that every contender is calling up and saying, hey, you have a third baseman that I'm going to want uh, in the middle of my lineup. You know, you have, you signed this whatever pitcher and he's uh, popped up uh, come July and I want him in my rotation, whatever it is, uh, Craig Kimbrell, right? You have the dominant closer. They have, they're going to have pieces, pick up some more that makes you an attractive trade team come July. Yeah, Brad, I think you make a very uh, intelligent, nuanced 
argument about the value opportunities. That's always that's always true. You don't have to. You don't got to clarify what it is. You can just end it, there, Brett. With, you, with, all due res- handsome, with all due respect, you're very Brett, handsome. Yeah. You make good points. You smell nice. It's just you. It's it's good. I appreciate it. You know, they all know, but I appreciate you saying. Well, it. I'm I'm just thinking that it's also the type of argument that the Cubs just don't want to hear. That I, I think it's <laughs> an argument that uh, or kind of conceptual way of thinking that the Cubs have not been particularly receptive to in recent months. And, and maybe, and obviously the pandemic has been um, just a mind blowing uh, business busting experience, but oh, I, I just get the sense that they're looking at their financial sheets of these are revenues. These are expenses. Um, this is what we projected. This is what we think we're going to be missing. And that, that is driving every single conversation right now. And I'm, I'm really, you know, not sure how eager or equipped Jed would be to make the argument that you're making right now, Jed, to ownership and, and the business side. Like, I don't know. That's, you know, to use a Theo term, like threading a very difficult needle, uh, especially if, if you've already kind of traded Darvish and if you're listening uh, more than listening on Bryant and, and Contreras, then uh, maybe that's the lane that they pick. And then it's kind of like supermarket sweep there at the end of January, you know, just after the Super Bowl of, uh, you know, instead of like, you know, project, what if we did Eddie Rosario at, you know, 9 million and then, you know, gave him, you know, like I think. I think we've kind of seen, you know, how they're going to be operating, but uh, I think for all of our sakes, it would be a lot more interesting if they you know, kind of got some name guys in here and it would be like an awesome story for all of us to cover if like, you know, these remaining guys who've been there when the Cubs were good and, you know, fully intended to compete every single year to like have them play under this pressure of like the deadline clock uh towards assuming it's july 31st again that i think that would be a really fascinating dynamic uh to cover if they kind of do enough here in the next couple weeks yeah god as you were saying that it's such a stark reminder that no matter what happens now or in july this is all going to look so different next year you know i mean no matter what it just is um and i guess that's i'll leave it there because that that then implies another conversation that's going to, going to be had by us at least if not by the cubs and the players it's okay it, we we're looking ahead and we've got like three dudes under contract for next year is there anybody that we want to and can realistically extend and i know that those efforts have been there for years but the circumstances have changed for so many reasons now and i don't know it's it's hard for me to imagine a world where everybody associated with this time period of the Cubs is just gone after next year. Um, But I think that that's probably not impossible. And so um, we'll leave that because it tends to be the case that those extension type discussions uh, percolate and develop in late January, early February. I don't know what it'll look like this year, if it'll be pushed back, but we're not really seeing extension season kick up around baseball much at all right now. So um, that'll be interesting. And in the meantime, like I said, uh, we're, you can't put it another way. We're like in the off season now. There's no other 
date or deadline where you can be like, well, but arbitration exchange is coming up and well, we don't know about this. And well, you know, the vaccine hasn't been approved yet. And no, end it. There is no more of that. It is the off season now. The dates are set. They are expected to begin, et cetera, et cetera. And this doesn't just apply to the Cubs. I was just reading. I want to say Derek Gould wrote it, but that the Cardinals are the only team in baseball that has not added a single player either in trade or free agency. Not one. They're the only team. And that's the Cardinals, the venerable Cardinals. <laughs> so like they could be having this exact conversation that we're having. It's not just the Cubs, but you know, just give us something to talk about, man. Come on. <laughs> I can be honest. I'm going to whisper. I'm going to whisper it for the listeners. Like, cause it's the very cynical side, but it's like, just give us something to talk about, man. Come on. Uh, and until then, we will hope that you are uh, having a good and safe uh, off season. Make sure you uh, grab us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on to Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. Rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you're reading Patrick's and Sahadev's great work over at The Athletic. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. And we will talk to you again soon, either because some momentous and wonderful and interesting thing has happened or because the Cubs have signed Shelby Miller's brother and we want to get into how interesting that is. Take care. Much love. Goodbye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.